Welcome to Fistful of Destiny, a Star Wars Edge of the Empire tabletop role-playing game podcast. <laughs> wow, that's a mouthful. I am Drew, and we are here to introduce the game and our characters and all that stuff. Uh, and I'm going to pass it off right away to Todd, our Game Master. Hello, friends. We are playing a collaborative storytelling game. I am writing the general outline of the story that is not always followed. <laughs> <laughs> and our players are playing their characters, trying to react to how their characters would react to certain situations. And I provide the antagonist to the story. Part of that is providing interesting situations that the characters have to get out of. And they will use certain skills that will help them do that. And part of it is the structure of it is they have skills that they can upgrade and they can build their character over time as they get more experience. Those skills are broken down into skill checks. Drew, uh, why don't you tell us about what skill checks are? If I say, hey, I want you to run and jump over a big old ravine, how are you going to do it? Yeah, sure. So anytime we say we want to do something that might possibly fail, Todd's going to make us do a skill check. Uh, and that's, like he said, based on all of the skills that we have that we might upgrade over time. So in Todd's example of jumping over a ravine, that would probably be an athletics check, right? Yeah, that makes sense. So there's six difficulties, starting from simple, which is very easy, to easy, average, hard, daunting, and formidable. And so each time he upgrades how difficult it is, they basically give us more dice to roll against. And so we would look at our athletics skill on our sheet, and it would say, roll this number of dice and these kind of dice. And we would roll that against the difficulty dice and see how they cancel out and whether or not we succeed or fail on the check. There's also another part of rolling, which I will let Madison tell you about. Well, the other part of rolling is really the results of the rolling, if you will. So really, there's three subsets of results. There's success and fail, which cancel each other out. Advantage and threat, which cancel each other out. And then the big baddies or big goodies, triumph and despair, which do not cancel each other out. Those ones carry through whether they have one triumph, one despair, you still get the results of both. So Todd, let's say my character succeeded with a threat. What happens after he jumps the ravine? So if you succeed with one threat, you'd probably sprain your foot when you got to the other side. And it might sting a little bit and you might get a little strain. And let's say there is also a triumph in there. Well, if you get to the other side and you triumph, you did something amazing with your athletics check. You probably were able to carry a whole pack of, of gear with you. Now you have a pack of gear to look into. And did a cartwheel. Yeah. And did a really cool cartwheel. <laughs> you get to put some flavor on it too. <laughs> yeah. A little, little sauce. And if you got a despair... The gear is actually just full of rocks. Just a bag. <laughs> you picked up the wrong pack. So you could theoretically succeed on the check, have something bad happen, have something really good happen, and have something really bad happen. Yeah. And Chase, tell us uh, what we're looking at on these dice. All right, everybody, buckle in, because we're getting into the weeds here. <laughs> so let's talk about some dice. There are six main dice that we're going to be rolling most of the time. There are three good dice and three bad dice in varying degrees. So let's start with the good dice because that's what we want to be rolling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we go from the blue boost to the green ability and the yellow proficiency dice. And then on the kind of negative side, we have the black setback, the purple difficulty, and red challenge. Now I'm telling you the colors. Because sometimes we screw up and we're just going to call them by their colors because we don't remember what they're I called. I think most of the time we do that. We do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, most of the time, we're going to try to avoid talking about the dice at all and just call things by what their difficulty is so we can keep things moving. 
Now, our players' skills, they're going to be based off of greens and yellows. Oh, see, I did it right there. <laughs> we're going to be talking about ability and proficiency. Those are our good things. And we're going to be rolling against purple and reds, difficulties and challenges. The difference between them is their odds of giving you successes versus advantages versus nothing. So, for example, a boost dice has a lot of blank space on it, whereas a yellow proficiency dice is a lot of successes and a few advantages and triumphs. So in the example of the ravine, let's say that I'm wearing jump boots and I'm pretty good at athletics. I'm going to be rolling two proficiency dice and I'm going to get a boost for having my jump boots on. But it's kind of foggy and there's a Jawa that tied my laces together before I got going. (laughs) So maybe I'll be rolling two difficulty dice with two setbacks on top of that. But... Let's say I have the force. Ooh, Nick, what would I do if I have the force in that situation? The force dice is a little special in that at the beginning of every session, each player will roll it and add to our destiny pool. And the force dice has an option to have either one light side, one dark side, two light side, or two dark side. It adds to our destiny pool, which is kind of like a tug of war using like these story points to kind of switch up the narrative on the fly. Todd, the uh, ever not so benevolent GM, (laughs) can flip a dark side point to the light side and in so doing have something catastrophic or negative happen. The ravine is filled with glass. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no! But the players can also use the force pool destiny and flip a light side point to the dark side to get a bonus such as maybe a speeder is going by that they can sketch on the back of to get across the ravine <laughs> nice <laughs> the force die also offer a tool for force users or force sensitive players to use their force powers and it might involve rolling a skill check opposed to who they're trying to influence or it might in some examples just be a regular force die. And depending on the morality of the force user, they can either tap into the light side if the force die comes up light side, or they can tap into the dark side if it comes up on the dark side. As a GM, I play every character in the universe, except the ones played by our players. Why don't you introduce them? Uh, Yeah, I'll go first. I'm Drew and I am playing Kira. Kira is an Ewok, so she is from Endor. Uh, She spent a lot of her time growing up tearing apart and rebuilding anything she could get her hands on. So she's great with engineering type stuff. Eventually, unfortunately, she was forcibly taken from Endor by the Pike Syndicate. And so she spent time indentured to uh, one of their gun runners. So not a great situation, but she did pick up all kinds of mechanical and computer skills. So she is the thinker of the group. Uh, She eventually escaped with a Wookiee, her best friend, Grit. My name's Madison. I will be playing the Wookiee Grit. Wookiee is... If you've seen Star Wars before, are kind of the big boys (laughs) of the universe. So Grit's a big guy. He's kind of the tank of the group. Grit also has ties to the Pike Syndicate. He was a hired gun for them. That's how Grit and Kira met. Kira did save his life. And we have a little bit of a life debt going on. (laughs) I don't think I want to say anything more about Grit. Ooh, mysterious. Ooh, yeah. Get some mystery. (laughs) And speaking of mystery, I think that kind of leads into... Hi, I'm Nick. I'm playing Erebos and Umbaran from the planet Umbara. Umbarans are kind of, uh, well, there's no easy way to put it. They're, they're kind of creepy looking. They're bald. They have glow-in-the-dark eyes. They're very pale. Erebos often wears a robe. <laughs> to, uh, 
Yeah, they're creepy vampires, Nick. They're yeah, creepy I'm vampires. sorry. I'm sorry. This isn't my segment. They're creepy vampires. <laughs> well, you know, tomato, tomato. Erebos lived an early life growing up on the run, um, often finding himself in scenarios that required the use of deception and skullduggery. He grew up on the run because he was picked up as a Force-sensitive child to be ferried back to the Jedi Temple for training. But during transit, Order 66 went down. And uh, Chase, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? (laughs) Sure, sure. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Order 66, I am Chase, and I am playing Cannon who is a simple clone trying to make his way in the galaxy, which is a little Star Wars reference for the nerds out there. He was a trooper during the Clone Wars and had the opportunity (laughs) to execute Order 66 against his Jedi general. Order 66, for the uninitiated, was a command that activated those little microchips in the heads of all the clones that directed them to eliminate the (laughs) Jedi for treason. Woof. Yeah, it's a lot. I know. That left canon with feelings, and I guess we'll explore whatever those might be. (laughs) Uh, He is mostly good at shooting and shooting accessories. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's great. Uh, Yeah, and those are our characters, and that is how we're going to play the game. Uh, So we might as well just hop right into it with episode one. Are you guys ready? I'm ready to play the game. I'm ready to play the game too. I'm going to jump the ravine into episode one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Pretty, pretty oh. good. Yeah. Okay. Did anybody else feel like it was Cannon that was jumping the ravine? Yeah. 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 I saw Cannon the whole time. That's too. why I added glass to the ravine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's jump this ravine. I'll see you guys there. <laughs> <laughs> 